I'm Morgan Barnhart. And I'm Brad Acree, and you're listening to Underrated America Cincinnati. We started this podcast to shine a light on the gems of Cincinnati and show listeners what makes this a great place to call home. And why we're proud of our city. So we're going to highlight the food scene, culture, nightlife, entertainment, the arts, and everything that makes the city great. Especially the leaders, artists, and entrepreneurs who are making it all happen. This, this is, is Underrated, Underrated America, America Cincinnati. Cincinnati. So like by day I work at PNG and digital marketing, and then by uh, night, um, you know, partners with this guy over here on starting Lost and Found. So um, I'm more like the back office administrative, kind of like the biz dev behind the scenes, and then like Stephen runs day to day operations. There's a lot more to it than that, but that's kind of the TLDR of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I am Stephen Clement, uh, owner operator of Lost and Found, sometimes photographer. Sometimes line cook, little, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Just managing the space there and um, curating the events. We do some like different art installations in there from people around the city. Cool. So yeah, I wear a lot of hats in there. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of hats to wear. Yeah. <laughs> what? So what were you doing previous to Lost and Found? I know you were at P and G and still are mm-hmm. correct. Uh, so what were you doing before? I Lost was. And Found? Um, the bar manager at Salazar Restaurant in Over the Rhine. Oh yeah. From about 2014 until 2017, and then that was when we had started ramping up, mm-hmm. like what was going on to get Lost and Found opened. Yeah. Which didn't open until two years later, almost to the day, uh, which was funny. So I was like an Uber and Lyft driver, uh, and like to. Fill my time. I worked at Boomtown for a little bit. I love Boomtown. Um, yeah. I was so sad. I know they moved away, but oh my gosh. Yeah. It was good when it was good. Yeah. It was good yeah. when it was <laughs> around. Yeah. I did hear that. I did hear that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. For management. sure. So before we dive into Lost and Found, what's your Cincinnati origin story? Did you guys grow up here? Or if you didn't, how did you make your way here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I actually grew up in a little suburb west of Cleveland. Mm. Um, And when I was 19 years old, I moved out. It was a really small town. It's like zero traffic lights. Uh, There's like a couple of bars there. So you kind of get the idea of what, you know, people do there. Um, (laughs) And I I just like wanted to like see a little bit more of the world. So um, I went south when I was 21. I found myself in Cincinnati uh, and fell in love with the hills of the city kind of first. It was like, oh, wow, you know, Cleveland area is kind of flat uh, for the most part. And you just come down here in the same state, and it's just like rolling hills. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, a lot of nature stuff down here. Um, so, yeah, it's like kind of what kept me around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I came here summer of 2011 for a job. So, like... So many people would say, like, I'd think that, oh, I'd be here two, three years tops and slingshot to a coast. Unclear if I was going to go west coast or east coast, but this is just like a pit stop. And then 12 years later, here I am, like, mm-hmm. and you can't get me out of here. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, um, it has been wild to, like, think back 
back when I was in, a, so I moved here specifically from Phoenix. And I remember like trying to think of where I wanted to move to. And I was like, Chicago or Austin or New York or pick, you can keep going down this, the list of cities that Cincinnati wasn't in the top 20, right? Um, <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Then, That's uh, fair. We won't hold that again. Yeah. culpa, right? But like <laughs> the, yeah, I just came here for a job, but I immediately moved into OTR. So I live like right above, um, like, what was the old um, um, little the natural shop right next to um, with Dan Corman? Oh yeah, Park and Vine. Park and Vine. I lived yeah. above Park and Vine mm-hmm. for my first year here, so it was 2011 OTR. Just like, miss that store. Yeah. If Dan, if you're out there, yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And then here I am. Cool. I and did you? I know that there's a unique story about the the lost and found building, mm-hmm. and. I heard you're an OTROG. So you said 2011. That's a yeah. long time. Yeah. That's before there were all these yeah. cool things going on. It was really the start. 2011 of it. is the one of the years that people, your friends are probably still questioning, mm-hmm. oh, are you sure you want to live there? Yeah. And I probably just didn't know what I was getting myself into, to yeah. be completely honest. Um, yeah. You know, I came here and I you know so PNG brought me over and you do like the you get hooked up with a realtor to kind of show you around and figure out where you want to rent first. She just kept showing me like Hyde Park and Oakley yeah. and all the other different neighborhoods. And I was like, this just doesn't jive. This is mm-hmm. not my vibe at all. You'll and have a lot of PNG neighbors though. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no and no so, we had, so we stopped for lunch and that was really the first time that we actually, like, her and I got to talking. She actually like, I was like, okay, like, what are you interested in? Tell me more about like what you like to do. And then like, she was like, so I have this one spot that I don't show people because most of them kind of freak out. And then she showed me this 500 square foot apartment above Park and Vine. Um, and I was like, done. Here's my check. Yeah, like, I'll take it. I'll take it <laughs> right now. Um, and have not left OTR since. Yeah, that's really cool. And then after, um, so before uh, Lost and Found was a bar, yep. I remember years mm-hmm. and years ago, um, literally my first adult experience in Cincinnati mm-hmm. uh, through mutual friends of ours, yep. I ended up at one of your parties, <laughs> yeah. which were infamous. Those were, uh, those were, those were fun. Yeah. Those were fun. Nice. Infamous. Yeah. <laughs> 2012 to 2015. That's all, I'll always like earmark that as like, that's like the golden age. Yeah. It was like the wild west, but it just had just enough structure where it didn't feel like I was going to get stabbed. Yeah. Um, but like it, uh, yeah, that was that was a that was a good time. Yeah. That was a fun time. You, mm. I so it's really funny because Brad said he had been to a party. I had never, I've never been to a party, which now I'm sad. But my real estate agent actually brought me to Lost and Found mm-hmm. when I was looking um, to buy. And this was like right when you guys had opened, okay. and he was telling me about the <laughs> Ranger. So oh, infamous is the no, right word. Those are, those are <laughs> he knows how to throw a party. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Both of us, because really that didn't happen until like, you know, we got together, right? It was, um, that was when Stephen and I moved in together, which that, is its own serendipitous story. Mm-hmm. That do- I was going to say, we we heard that you yeah. two have an interesting story about how you met. So let's recount <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Sure. I think I was working at a steakhouse uh, downtown uh, that's no longer there. And um Right after I would get off of work, I would immediately go to, like, Neons at the time, uh, which is something else now. Um, But Neons was, like, the bar to go to. It was the hang. It was, like, where every politician was there, every, like, 
person that's wearing, you know, whatever. You could, you came as you were, and you were welcomed as you were. Uh, and like that's eventually like where we, at that at that particular bar at Neons, we had met, but we had met kind of like interacting or trying to uh, swoon the same person <laughs> and <Okay. laughs> yes. at the same time. And we sort of, you know, like I was like picking up what he was putting down and he was like not giving me any of that like animosity that yeah. sometimes, you know, men mostly uh, <laughs> will like, you know, puff out their chest and like, you know, like we like back off, you know, but it was not that energy at all. And 20 minutes into the conversation, we're like kind of talking to each other more than we're actually interacting with this woman at the bar who's lovely. Yeah. Uh, She's is, actually a dear friend of mine now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dear, 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 dear friend of mine. <laughs> uh, lovely, lovely human being. But um, we ended up just like exchanging phone numbers, uh, which led to an immediate like, oh, do you need to crash on the couch? That led to like, here's my garage code, basically the key to my house. You can just crash here anytime that you need to. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of like how uh, he would wake up for work at PNG at like six in the morning and I'm like sleeping on the couch, uh, yeah. waking up to the smell of some lovely coffee that you're making. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like how things eventually moved into like, I moved in there and we started like yeah. hosting some stuff. Yeah. Uh, did I miss anything? I think that, that? That's the gist of it. Really, really. Yeah. That is a lovely bromance story. I love it. Heard one. May yeah. the best man win turned into a friendship. Mm. Cool. Well, it was like, it was like, like the, the, the general play, because like you kill him with kindness. So it's like, oh, if I'm nice to the guy, he's going to go away. Uh -huh. <laughs> he, he wants was, you to win. Yeah. And he was doing the same thing to me. So at this point, we're all like fake building each other up until it became like we're really building each other up. And then we realized <laughs> this is a much more interesting conversation between you and I than either of us are having with her. Yeah. <laughs> love you, by the way, if you're listening. I do love you. But, uh, she knows who she is. Yeah, she, she knows yeah, who yeah, she yeah. is. For sure. Yeah. For sure. We considered like naming the bar after her in some way. Yeah. Like, uh -huh. what's her middle name? Like, Maybe yeah, like something like that. Yeah, we, we, we dabbled into it. Didn't work out <laughs> oh that way. Oh my gosh, yeah. I love the that. royalty yeah. payments. Didn't yeah. work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. She wanted too much. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Um, well, how do you go from you know basically uh, cohabitating um, to running this bar together? Man, um, it was at at some point after like maybe three, three, four years of like you know basically running this party pad for a while, we do come to the realization that, okay, we everyone kept saying that we were doing something crazy and special. And I was like, I don't know, it just felt like it came naturally to us. So we're like bringing in diverse groups of people, diverse music, and like intentionally making like circles clash. And that's <laughs> what we really like deliberately were trying to do. Um, so at some point we do like, it does get through our thick skull that we're like, okay, apparently we have a knack at this. I, it just feels normal, but apparently everyone else says that we're pretty good at this. So how do we actually like turn that into something? And that's really how that started. I remember it started in earnest on my kitchen table spring of 2016. We had been talking about it for a while, um, but I remember it was spring 2016 where we were like, do we want to do this? I think we should try. Let's actually like take the first step and stop talking about it. And it was literally Googling how to write a business plan. <laughs> as simple as like, okay, where do we start? We're like, start yeah. with Google. So that's what we did. That's awesome. Yeah. Took three years to open. Right? Uh, so it was, that would have been spring 2016, 
I'll never forget our first bank pitch, which is June 24th, 2016. Because mm-hmm. that day is like, they told us now. Um, <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah, it ended up taking about a year to get financing, to actually find the money to do the project. And mm-hmm. It's been pretty like, normal, yeah. Yeah, and oh man, if I can just talk to myself back then, and like, this is how it's going to go down. I mean, mm-hmm. irrespective of the pandemic, that's a whole other that's a whole other ball of wax that we're right. not going to get to. But like, um, yeah, the the journey of getting something started from scratch when you like don't have a playbook to follow and you're not like, no one's holding your hand. So like we leaned a lot on our community. Mm-hmm. Um, like the amount of people that lent a hand to us to just give us some feedback or like Ask them whenever we had a question to ask, no question was too dumb. Everyone had like been there before, and everyone mm-hmm. that had like built a spot remembers being in our shoes when we were like full of optimism, but not a, a lot of experience. And the experience of opening a spot is extremely, you can't replicate that. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and I just kind of like tangented into like a different subject. No, but like, that's yeah. one of our questions is like what makes Cincinnati different for bar owners and small businesses. And everyone has been saying the same thing, like that sense of community. Like mm-hmm. they really, it's, people don't realize, I mean, it's so hard to start a business anywhere, but I've heard that it is a little bit easier here just because they are supportive and um it is compared to like trying to open something up new york la some of the bigger cities but not to take away from how hard it is to start a business Mm -hmm. yeah it's it was extremely extremely difficult but like it wasn't through lack of people getting it wasn't because of people were getting in the way it's Mm -hmm. just like the process and the thing you're doing is a really hard thing to do and what's interesting is like so for our roles is like in the getting the space open, you know, we can call it that like the lion's share of that kind of fell on my shoulders. And then Steven is there and like support in any way, shape or form. Still a ton of work, still a ton of meetings with architects, design, lots of other stuff. But there's a lot of things that I'm like, it's permitting, it's liquor licenses. Mm -hmm. It's all like the administrative stuff that kind of like, it was, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Then like the day that we've opened, it's almost like a role reversal. Now it's like the day-to-day operation and running of the space is like almost entirely on his shoulders. And I'm like, how can I help? How can I be, how can I support? So Mm -hmm. it's like the day that we opened, it was like, okay, here are the keys essentially. Now now you got to carry this. So it's. What was the official opening date? Um. It's like August August 21st, 2019. Yeah. Something like that. We had like a soft opening and then like, but like it's, it's around the third week of August. Is like yeah. I think it was like the twenty first or something. Yeah, I like think I was certain it was August twenty first. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember those dates because everything was just like a whirlwind, blur. like a blur. Just yeah. like oh, we printed our menus on black paper uh, because <laughs> our <laughs> because our art director at the time thought it would be cool and you couldn't read anything. Uh, <laughs> and oh, also man. my my parents came down for the soft opening and that was like the first thing that my mom said. She's like, you can't read your menu. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, Thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, all right, we're yeah. gonna work on that. So we're gonna work yeah. on <laughs> was, being legible. Was the font black too? <laughs> no, the font was, was like yellow. It was like yellow, was like gold. gold. Okay. Yeah, like it's like black and yellow are core brand colors. Like we've added like green and pink as secondary colors mm-hmm. since then. But like back then, we were like, I don't know that we're in Cincinnati territory and. Black and yellow is a steel. Uh, yeah. But that was yeah. not but that was not the intent. It was like, oh, we just think that looks cool. But so we were like, everything was black and yellow back mm-hmm. then. So yeah. yeah. It seems like 
I, I don't know. I think we've all, I know we've all seen a lot of bars open and close in OTR, but it seems to me that one difference with your establishment is that you guys put so much thought into those details um, and continue to do so because it's it's changed a lot since mm-hmm. it's yeah. open. So like, yeah. how do you go about that? Like, how are you always thinking of the next detail to kind of layer in? There was like one thing that we saw that was really similar with like what was opening up in Cincinnati, um, especially like in the historic districts is like, you got a room, you got hardwood floors, you got brick on the wall. Let's put some tables and chairs in there. Yeah. And it's like, there was, there wasn't, yeah, the character of the building is like cool in itself, even if it's empty, but like, like what are, what are people missing? Uh, Where are they missing the mark? And it's like in our own, like unique tastes and our, like, like we weren't really afraid to do what no one was doing. We weren't afraid to like throw up a bunch of colors or like throw up a decoupage of like a bunch of different like flowers and plants and artists and like magazine cutouts um or like throw graffiti on the wall um you know we weren't that 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 never really held us back we were like we were just really excited Mm -hmm. to do something that no one had seen here before we wanted to build the bar that we wanted to hang out in right this is the bar that we like lost to that cincinnati would have Mm -hmm. And we're like, cool, like it's not here, let's do it. We think there's enough people like us that this might be a good business. Yeah. So, For yeah. like a solid year and a half, we are before like ground even broke, we were trying to describe or like recreate what the like party atmosphere we had upstairs was. So we were talking about let's just make it look like our living room. I don't know, like without a TV. Uh, <laughs> like the, the the number of ideas that like we like pitched and like moved away from and yeah it's that was definitely one of them mm-hmm. and yeah i honestly mentioned that earlier it does it just has a homey like sense to it yeah. and it's so edgy and to me it do, it feels like west coast like i lived in yeah. los angeles mm-hmm. in orange county for nine years sure. and um in hollywood there's this place called good times at mm-hmm. davy wayne's if you've heard of it no. you go through like a garage mm-hmm. and you enter through a fridge okay. and then it's mm-hmm. the whole bar is like set up like their house they grew up in sure. and then when you go out the back it's um like a patio but it it had that edgy vibe with all the artwork and mm-hmm. the colors and the pop and like i loved it when i walked in i was like oh i felt like i was like oh man it it was it did have that west coast vibe where do you think i know you said like neons was kind of inspiring because it drew like a, a bunch of different people mm-hmm. in. Did you have any other inspiration just besides your personal taste that you pulled from maybe other bars? I think what you just described um, is kind of like what we were also going for uh, because that personal touch lets you know that there are human beings behind mm-hmm. like building a space. There's like, and, and it's offering a lens into like their own personal lives in a way. And like inspiration for us. Yeah, I mean, like Neons was, I mean, it was an inspiration as far as a local thing goes, but like we saw a lot of inspiration like in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I think like best intentions. Oh, uh, yeah. What a, what a cool, cool place. Amazing. I mean, it's like you think like a dive bar, but that has really good cocktails and like Angostura bitters on tap, you know, and like. Ooh some like a dj spinning 45s in the corner and it's like kind of shitty like you know but it's like 
really nice and they like really care about what they're doing. Um, you know, there's I mean, what other places in Chicago? Oh man, from Chicago, I mean, we took a lot of influence from Slippery Slope, from Billy Sunday. Um, we really did want to do this kind of high low concept of the product is like we want we we had aspirations of being like the product is going to be we want this to be a talked about cocktail bar nationally yeah. as a product and at least like you put that as your guiding star whether you actually hit that or not that's a separate discussion but like that we 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 wanted to to do that but then the space we were like all those other bars that are spoken of in those terms are like either super fancy they're all the or they're the suspended mustachioed um, bartender from like the early aughts and (laughs) got yeah so like it's so all those types of bars at least back then were all very kind of fancy or highbrow so we're like how do we deliver that product um actually I haven't thought about this in a long time, but one of the, like a guiding mantra that we had in the early part of the process was like, we want it to look like the house of the star bartender. Like, what does his home look like? Oh, yeah. If, he's, <laughs> if you're at his house and entertaining, what's he making you? What's he looking like? He's like, came back from his whatever, like super high-end cocktail spot, but that's, that's his job. What does he make for his friends at home? Yeah. He's still really, really skilled really really and that was like the centering vision is like it's the bartenders after after like after party house mm-hmm. that was one of the things that we like noticed or at least i did i noticed a lot of like as the cocktail scene grew in the neighborhood how like serious everybody took everything and like the high low thing for the, the high low highbrow lowbrow thing was like really important for us to hit because we really care about the ingredients and treat the ingredients that we select uh from like local purveyors local farmers treat them with respect but like we, we don't have our shirts tucked in and we're not wearing ties and like you know we play some like trappy music sometimes or like we play some like you know we play like a lot of different types of music music is a huge part of the ethos um and like that that was like one of the driving forces mm-hmm. that was really important to to us was to hit this highbrow lowbrow it's like you walk in and you feel at home but like you know not everything is like perfectly in place not everything is so like neat um like there's you can see like there's exposed screws in our marble bar you know it's like a bar that we built that bar out of repurposed marble that was wainscoted against like a basement some, in Dayton yeah, basement in Dayton, and this yeah. this marble was like apparently a part of the old bank of Dayton. <laughs> so it's now like our bar, and you can like I don't know, you see the some exposed screws, and I remember when those screws were being pushed in, and like the person doing it was like, "This just looks like shit," yeah. and I was like, "It is absolutely perfect. perfect. Like it's perfect. <laughs> leave it. Yeah. yeah, like leave it. Leave all these like little Easter eggs of like, oh, I can, you know, like th- the things that people would like to hide. We like some of those things we like expose. Yeah." With so many different like layers and so much going on in, in a way that's really well coordinated, in my opinion. Um, do you think like your um, typical clientele, uh, is there anything that they're missing? Like, um, or maybe someone going for the first time, like, what should someone expect when they're going for the first time to really experience everything that you're doing? As the time changes throughout the evening, like, our vibe changes as well. Uh, so the lights get a little bit lower as the 
the light outside gets a little bit lower, the candles get lit. Um, the one thing that I like for the like the older clientele that that come in, I like it's really important for me for them to feel comfortable in there too, like in that space. Yeah. Um, but it's like only certain types of people of that age feel comfortable in there. So like the ones that come, they come often. And the ones that come to like, oh, I saw this on Google to see what it's like, they might feel like, oh, this is like too young for me. And, you know, I'm not young by any means, like 37 years old. Um, yeah. And like, it's like, but like that youthful energy and that youthful spirit, that's, those are the people that we're kind of reaching out to and talking to. And we're finding like a lot of those people that are like in their sixties and seventies, they're like coming here regularly. Like, this is the most amazing thing that we've ever seen. Like, this is, this is amazing. We've never knew anything like this in Cincinnati existed, but oftentimes these people are also from like other places in the world. Yeah. Um, oh. So like well-traveled people like to come in there and be transported to like, they're like, this is Cincinnati. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Still, yeah. It feels <laughs> worldly. That's so funny. You mentioned that because Brad and I were talking before the show and I was like, my parents love the bar. Like, and they're in their sixties and almost seventies. And yeah, I was my parents wouldn't keep up. Really? <laughs> well, they loved it. They they absolutely loved it. And I was explaining to him, like, I adore this bar because it's not pigeonholed to like, it's a college bar. It's that young, like professionals bar. It's it's really like I feel all inclusive of anyone who likes a creative space. Mm-hmm. That's a good way. It's a good way to say it. It's like we we try to like offer something interesting. Mm-hmm. Like interesting and, and different. Be like we have a POV and we want to express that and yeah. say that pretty loudly. Um, and it's just a space to try different. I mean, if you look at our menu and frankly, I mean, if you look at, I mean, you, you can, we can make any drink you want, right? right. We want an old fashioned Negronis, Spagliatos, which are all the rage now. But mm-hmm. um, so, like, you can get any drink you want there. So, if you just want straight whiskey, Come on over, enjoy it, have cool tunes, hang out with your friends too. But like if you read the core menu, whether it be the wine or the food or particularly the cocktails, it's everything's intentionally like inventive and trying to be no, nothing is by the book, nothing is like a you know, right down the middle as you would expect it. It's a little there's a either a twist or or more of a twist or um as you kind of read through the whole thing and a je ne sais quoi. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a whiskey girl and Brad and I were saying like they're the perfect high-end cocktail. And I yeah. love that you highlighted the fact that you do purvey from like local yep. people and respect the ingredients and they're they're not too sweet. Sometimes I feel like in the local area, when they try to get all kooky and crafty yeah. with their cocktails, it just goes in the other direction. Yeah, I mean, I Definitely. think traditionally speaking, this region of the country tends to oversweeten and uh, probably uh, under-season food. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, that's changing pretty oh, quickly. Oh, heck yeah, it is. talk about Midwestern salads? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, the first time I saw that when I moved here, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why are there marshmallows in my salad? Oh, and yeah. It's delicious. It's a dessert, though. It's I, a dessert. <laughs> it's delicious, but it's a dessert. Okay, mm-hmm. carry on. I <laughs> will say I have never indulged in that yeah. being from here. Oh, boy. 
Oh, well, I know there is a mantra, supposedly, that you guys are purveyors of good times. Mm-hmm. How did you, and clearly you've really been describing yeah. this, mm-hmm. but how did you like come up with that mantra? And it sounds like it was, you know, from your your own experiences in, in partying. Yeah. When you have fun, like when you're having fun in the moment, it's like you don't think about the fact that you're having fun. You're just like, this is really good. But there's like there's like things happening around you that you don't see, yeah. like the things behind the curtain that you don't see that are facilitating that. And that's like what those big parties were. It's like we set everything up. We set sound up. We set some lights up. We invited all of our friends. And he and I respectively have like a very different circle of friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like seeing those humans like clashing together was super fun just to like be a part of. And so then we like it would mm-hmm. eventually just become a part of the party. It wasn't like, hey, look at us. We threw this huge party. We're so cool. It was like, this is really cool just to see human beings that would never ever talk to each other ever <laughs> yeah they, and they're like exchanging like, like phone numbers or they're like exchanging like ideas uh, well, along those lines like my favorite moment anytime we threw a party was so there's a you, you've been there in the mm-hmm. start the staircase yeah like like goes up halfway and then doubles back and i would just always love particularly when the place is shoulder to shoulder there are three four hundred people in the building it's insane <laughs> definitely a fire code violation yeah, i was gonna yeah. say <laughs> um and i would just stand up it's weird that I like I don't like praise is weird. It kind of puts me. It's off putting for me. I just kind of like to be behind the scenes and see like I did a good thing and I feel really good about it. Yeah. Um. So like the, when the when the party is just humming, and I would just stand on this like landing in the stairs, and I would just like that was a good spot where I could see the upper loft, the main living room space, and I can kind of also peek out to the patio, which is every single one of them is like packed shoulder to shoulder, and you just see the different circles of people intermingling. So you have like a young professional over here talking to a bartender over here. Uh, There's just different walks of life all like crashing together. Like friends that I definitely knew didn't know each other before this were making out in a corner. Like, um, and just that moment of just like watching the whole thing happen in front of you and knowing that like we facilitated this and we built this space for that to happen. That was everything. That was you know, being a purveyor of good time. Like, really, so why we named it. That's, like, the spirit as to the why. We needed to name our LLC something. Yeah. Um. So that was the I feel, I feel like we spent, like, a month trying to figure out what the hell are we calling this LLC. Oh, yeah. The L- yeah, We spent, but compared to how much time we spent trying to name the bar, that's a whole separate discussion. Uh, yeah, that is <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. That is a good question, because I was curious how they came up with the name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well like, there's a, there's a, actually, it's, like, multi-layered but um let's let's go with the first one those parties we had a literal lost and found uh there's everything you can think of anything and it was left there's bergen stocks someone left their shoes like they left without shoes um you know their purses uh wallets that have never been claimed accurate car keys (laughs) Uh, accurate circa 2013 at 
our like, house, we still might have your key. I think it's 2015, 2015. and they're actually displayed in the bar. I was just going to say, one of I the, hope you display these. Yeah, it's, it's cool. like displayed in the bar in like an old uh, like oh. 1950s Coke box Yeah, that's like screwed into the wall. Mm-hmm. There's like just little trinkets in there. Um, Do you think eventually that person's just embarrassed and they're like, ah, I don't know where I'm my embarrassed keys for are. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't like, know. Come on by. We still got your keys. <laughs> but if it was me that lost my keys and I like had just had no idea where they were, I'd probably just like get get them replaced and be like, I guess I lost those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's like that element to it, which is kind of fun. Uh, and the nature of the space and how it looks is like the front of it is very bright, lots of windows, lots of light comes in. But when you enter, it's kind of like, what am I going into? And it's like kind of dark and the juxtaposition of like light on one half and dark on one is kind of like the lost and found uh, oh, I love that. I never yeah. even picked up on that, but yeah. I did pick up on the light to dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah cool. it's, like, it's, like, it's like a little jungle oasis, uh-huh. right? If you look at like the mural, um, like a lot of plant work out there. So that was always in like, okay, here's the super vibrant. Like what would be the opposite of a really dark, sexy cocktail bar, which is what the inside is. Mm-hmm. Then let's make it like a bright, lively jungle type yeah. of thing. It just like pulls you in with the eye, like yellow background and just like shapes. And it's just, it looks like a little room with just like a lot of cool stuff in it, mm-hmm. plants and things like that. And also like where we're located is like, if you weren't looking for it, you would never be able to find it. Yeah. There's still people, there's like a big bright neon sign with like a green hand holding a pink cocktail. Yeah. And like, people are like, what is this? Yeah. You know, like what, what what's going on in this? Yeah. And like, if you are somebody that like, you know, is curious, then you'll enter. And if you're not, then you won't. And that's kind of like another like lost and found sort, sort of thing. Like the curious people always find something. And those are the people that we were kind of like speaking to. Yeah. Definitely. I love that. And I love that sign. It's so cool. Yeah. It's fun. Which wasn't easy to yeah. get put up if I, no. if I recall. No, from- <laughs> no. I mean, there's been a lot of other permitting issues throughout the journey of the bar, but getting that one put up was 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 one of them right? neon signs um, in historic districts from <laughs> yeah, that's uh it's not a particularly entertaining story but it was just hard yeah it yeah. was just hard yeah yeah this is morgan barnhart co-host of underrated america and loan officer with cross-country mortgage on team barnhart i offer a wide range of products to help you and your families achieve all of your home financing goals i believe the mortgage process is about building relationships not just completing transactions I will advise and educate you to make for a stress-free and smooth loan experience. Connect with me on Instagram at Mortgages with Morgan for more information and a free consultation. This is Brad Acre, co-host of Underrated America and realtor with Better Way Home at Keller Williams Advisors Realty, where I help Cincinnati move confidently. If you are considering a move, you can get more information at mybetterwayhome.com or find me on social at Better Way Home. Um, so a question looking forward, what's next for you two? I mean, you've got this great bar. Mm -hmm. It's not a huge space, um, but you're, you know, incredibly successful with it. So is there another lost and found or another concept in the works? So if you you would talk to us in 2019, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we definitely had a few ideas, um, but moving into like, where we are now and what we went through to just be able to sit here on this couch. Yeah. Uh, 
like yeah. we're kind of like more focused on what's going on in there and making those systems like hum because we just had our first official summer yeah uh we yeah. didn't have like that's interesting a yeah. summer oh, yeah. not we've been open three years and like we didn't have a real summer until mm-hmm. last year um since yeah. opening at the end of the summer yeah, like, 2019 to build on that right it's it is a weird situation to be in where like you know we're just past three years open and people ask like, how's business i'm like I can't really answer that <laughs> question, right? You haven't had a normal year. I mean, like, year well, yet. yeah, COVID hit Basically. six months into us being open. So, like, any historical data is pretty worthless. So, usually, I mean, uh, the bar scene here, you kind of measure off seasonality. So, you know, like, how did June do compared to March? No, June's always going to be better than March. You right. want to compare June to the prior June mm-hmm. to see, are you actually growing and doing stuff? So, we're three years in, but, like, our two prior historical years are either... The first six months of being open, which is like, sometimes it's, you know, really strong or or not so strong, but then it's two and a half years of COVID. Yeah. And we're like, what use is it comparing summer 22 to summer 21 yeah. or fall? Like, you know, if I put my mind in last year, this is like prime Delta variant time. So like that was an impact on stuff. Mm-hmm. So like. Yeah, it's weird to be three years in and be like, I don't know how it's going. It's where our, our doors are still open. Like surviving this is, was 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 challenging, and we're definitely still like looking forward. But we're, I'd be lying if we weren't some like we weren't a little little snake bitten and just like yeah. navigating the last right. three years. And in particular, Stephen here is underplaying it the amount of like blood, sweat, and like literal tears sometimes to actually make it to the other side yeah so to you know to put a finer point on it like we right now like for the here and now we're just focused on making lost and found as you know successful um as you know like as as successful a bar as as we can make it right both both as a staple or pillar for the community but also frankly like as a business we're still learning this is our first business right um mm-hmm. and the amount of mistakes that we've made the things that i would do differently things he would do differently like things we would design the space completely differently knowing what we know now we would make very different design choices but we just well the things built and we don't have the money to just scrap it and start over again so we're working with like decisions that were made in 2018 for a very different world today yeah. mm-hmm. so not definitely not saying no, we have aspirations of doing other things. It wouldn't be a lost and found two. Right. It would be other concepts. You have other things mm-hmm. that excite us. Um, but like that's maybe a little bit more medium and long term. Where yeah. if you would have asked us pre-COVID, we were like, oh yeah, we want to roll this right into the next thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. and today it's a little it's a little we're a little bit more cautious. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, like La Petite Disco was the one thing that comes to mind, which we kind of like built a brand within Lost and Found, but that was, that was going to be like, uh, just like think, I don't know, just like a warehouse that you, that's open like Thursday through Sunday and that's it. And it's just like dancing. Yeah. It's only that. dancing. We need yeah. that here. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it's almost like, no it's like, what would, um, what would be like the Japs annex of like today, <laughs> right? For like, but that same crowd for the same like 25 to 40 crowd or 25 right. to 45 crowd. Yeah. Cause like that's like, a, that is an area that like Cincinnati really, really could use more of and like kind of suffers in is like picking really good music in a, in a cool and interesting space. Uh, 
and like not catering to the top 40 crowd. It's just like, <laughs> if you want to make a request to the DJ, you will be like cold shouldered. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. just let us do it. <laughs> and then you have fun. That's your job. Your job is to have fun. And we're going to like facilitate that. Can I play this song? And also this cocktail, can you make these alterations? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and I'm not like, we're never going to like make anyone feel yeah, like shit for like, <laughs> wanting something that they want it's like if we have it we'll make it for you from from i think what we're what i'm talking about mm -hmm. though is like it within the space like yeah i think cincinnati could use some more like edgy opportunities to dance and wiggle some frustration out <laughs> uh, and th those are places that you know a lot of different types of people also like clash mm -hmm. um is like on a dance floor and feeling like you can be yourself and like let loose, not be so tight and tense. You clearly know, you both clearly know your brand and your target consumer. And I think that, I mean, that's, in my opinion, a huge key to success for you guys. Mm -hmm. um, and that also goes, goes along with it. It's that curious person that doesn't have to you know, ask for everything else to be changed to mm -hmm. be their way because they want to experience something new. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. Yeah. That's who we're here for. Yeah. We're here for everybody, you know, but like those are the people come that come gravitate. Mind, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think has been the most rewarding part about owning and running the business? Obviously there's been, there was so many challenges when you first started with COVID and Brad even talked about how unique you guys develop strategies like the, um, what was it? The grab and go cocktail kits mm -hmm. to kind yeah, of survive well, we that. We started off with booze box. Yeah, booze box. Booze that box, was a word. And then we've evolved that into booze bag and booze bottle. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, booze box was just kind of born out of necessity. We're like, just I mean, that's kind of we turned into a spaghetti restaurant for a while. We actually we're back to being a spaghetti restaurant on Wednesdays, which we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> that. But um, back then it was like anything and everything that could give us any ounce of revenue right. would would work, and people were jonesing for having a, a night out. But like we couldn't do that, so how do we bring the bar experience home? So we you know developed the boost box, which was um, typically about th three cocktails, two servings each. So it's great for great for a date night at home. So it would be two servings of three different cocktails. It would come with a zine with like art and a playlist. So you'd like scan a QR code or fire up Spotify. You just like crank the playlist going and it's something weird and funky and something maybe you haven't heard. Maybe there's like some poems and some art in there. It, it looks really, really DIY um, while you're drinking um, some cool cocktails and um, also like snacking on some, like some, some cool snacks that we would put in there as well with like stickers and whatnot. We were just trying to, we'll never be able to fully replicate the bar at home, but like, how right. do you, how do we do our best to kind of like make that a stopgap? And then you know, for us, it was an, opportunity for some much needed revenue during like the darkest times of the mm. pandemic yeah we would and this didn't bring any revenue to us but we would do like weekly playlists just to like interact with our audience yeah. uh, it was just like one one thing that we would do and yeah. include some of those in those zines those zines were fun to make they were too. fun they were so much more work than a lot actual work. money that came from them <laughs> it was one of those things that was like man that was a labor of love but it was like is the people that you know, when you're like, you realize that you're speaking to them and they come back to you and you're like, this was the coolest thing I've done in a while. Yeah. And like that level of feedback, I'm like, you've, you hit it out of the park. I'm like, that just feels really, really good. In fact, I mm -hmm. can like provide an experience for someone that is like memorable. Um, yeah. 
it's those interactions that like make it worth it. That would be like why I do it. It's like just seeing the interaction with a guest that like orders something and like laughs at the name and then like has it and they're like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. This is so good. And then they like, or they're like, they get a sandwich or they get a bowl of pasta on Wednesday. Like, and they just, you can see their souls like full. They're like, they're, they're full. Their bellies are full. They're like creatively stimulated. Like the look on their face is like, that's the reason like Mm -hmm. why we do it. Um, I think it touches on like, it's so hard to touch every sense, right? So it's not just what's in the glass. Mm -hmm. It's like what you see with your eyes. It's what you listen with your ears. And if all, all of those are what you smell, right? Mm -hmm. If all those senses come together, um, and like you realize that every single part of that sensory experience was thought of, then that really just compounds and that actually that's what delivers the that that moment of like satisfaction yeah. like, you can have the exact same cocktail sitting in your living room and it's it's good it's, it's, it's a good drink but like it doesn't bring that sensory experience so yeah. when it's what it, coming into the space is kind of hard to replicate it right but it's when it when it's right it's right mm-hmm. so you guys are fully immersed into otr uh so i'll, I'll give a caveat to this question sure of outside of OTR, what is your favorite neighborhood or favorite part of Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. I and I, I should say Greater sure. Cincinnati. So if it's across sure, the sure, river, sure. that's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, I love Newport um, and Covington for sure. So I want to shout them out. I think that my favorite neighborhood is Northside. Mm-hmm. What I really love about Northside is like there is a lot of street art. There's a lot of like creatives that are like, you know, like, like at night, like doing graffiti, uh, like on the walls. And it seems like there's like a flag and a crosswalk to wave and dance across the crosswalk and put it in the cup on the other side. Those little like, like things that are like tangible that you can see the graffiti that's on the walls are like welcomed almost they like there's nobody rolling over them or you know the sticker community out there like sticking stickers everywhere and like you know it's like it's so like imaginative um while being like another historic place with like some cool architecture um and also you know buttercup valleys right there so like if you're like a hiking person um you know outdoors person you can go right over they can walk to a park and there's get immersed into the woods of mount airy forest uh it's like has something for everyone um i love going to the blue jay cafe uh just like old diner uh no frills it's beautiful so yeah i i love Northside. Nice. um don't go there as often as i would like to these days mm-hmm. but like that's like probably my favorite neighborhood yeah yep. so echo everything you just said so to build on that i would probably say i mean while the hills i like a lot um there's a lot there's, there's a concerted effort to do there with like what happened in otr and yeah there's some really cool shit happening over there um, so I wish I was again simpler. I wish I would go there more often. Um, again, Northside is outstanding, but I also wish it really like this summer, my fiance and I, we got into the habit of just like picking a random neighborhood. Yeah. And we we're like, let's go find a re- like into like the like deep burbs. And we're just gonna pick randomly something and we'd or we'd find a restaurant and make a day out of it. And we'd like visit like random dive bars in like Sharonville or in 
What's the place out by, kind of out by GE, kind of where the Menards is? Evendale. Evendale, there you yeah. go. Um, that it, like, I found like, an incredible hot pot restaurant Ooh, in yeah. Evendale right next to like a community hockey rink. Yeah, and like, awesome. and um, like a friend of mine is in like, like rec league hockey. So we'll finish from hockey, then we we'll get hot pot and then we go to the dive bar. Yeah. And it's like, not at all like anywhere that you see anyone like you, you're like, okay, this is not my typical urban city kid spot, but there is something beautiful about that. There's yeah. something about just, I don't know, every neighborhood's got something to say. Yeah. Um, particularly if it's different than what you're in, right? So like, right. so like, I appreciate that because I live downtown. So like that gives me something different. So really it's about, it's less about what's better or worse. It's just what's different than your basis, yeah. your baseline. For food, Clifton. Like Ooh. right by the university, like oh, yeah. all the so the best spot much for like cheap, diversity, like yeah, affordable eats of so many different cuisines. Yeah, and it's up by banging. UC. Like oh, most yeah. of them are just oh. banging. Al Medina, yeah. I want to shout them out. Al Medina, yeah, Al Medina is amazing. Uh, Deep India, a deep. Deep yeah, India yeah. is my last Thai meal Express. in Cincinnati. For whatever, it's, oh, Thai Express is a gem. But like, <laughs> I've said this, this has been true for like ten years. But I know if like, if you've told me like tomorrow I leave Cincinnati and I can never come back, yeah. I'm like. What am I eating for dinner tonight? It's my last meal. Like I, it's been true for like ten years. I'm going to go to a deep India. I'm going to get the chicken tikka masala special. I'm going to get the sok choli. I'm going to get the chicken tikka, uh, extra vegetables, no rice. I'm going to get a mango lassi. I, I know the exact yeah. order that I would get, and I would like gorge myself in front of my TV. Yeah, on my last night. <laughs> I'm into that. that I'm getting great. hungry. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm always hungry. <laughs> What do you think is the biggest like misconception about Cincinnati and what do you tell people to doubt the city? Honestly, stay away. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to come in and ruin it more, so, you know. Oh my gosh, um, that's hysterical. Yeah, I mean it's it's like I really just again like I go back to like the the hills of Cincinnati. It's yeah. like so beautiful here. Um, and then getting into like Kentucky, it's just like it's beautiful, uh, mountainous. Um, yeah, there's like a lot of imagination here, and it's like mixed with like half of it's like imaginative creatives, and then half of it's like corporate America. Yeah. So it's like really interesting juxtaposition of like humans and what they do day to day. Um, so maybe the biggest misconception might be like that it's like really corporate. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of suits. There's a lot of boobs, you know, like <laughs> not like literal, like, you know, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> figurative. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, that's where that's true. Like there is an incredible like artistic community down here that, that really come out to like support each other when, when they can. And oftentimes, you know, it's like we, creative community doesn't make a lot of money, um, but they're responsible for all of the interesting things that happen yeah. in the mm -hmm. city. So I think that would be my answer. Though. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I don't think if I can actually top that answer, right? No, that's, <laughs> well, a, that, that's a good one. I'll give you a hard question. We've been asking all of our guests if, okay. if they could narrow it down to one favorite aspect of living in Cincinnati or just the vibe of Cincinnati. So, so far um, we've gotten the word catalytic and then talent, talent and then uh community. So we need one word. So it can be one word of like 
your description of uh, why you love Cincinnati or what lights you up? Hmm. I'm going to let him answer first. Mine's not one word per se. Mine's, That's like, okay. mine's one sentence. Yeah. It's okay. Like, one sentence. Like, I said like, that before like, too. They're like down to play. Like Cincinnati is actually, there's a lot more, there's a lot more openness to try new things here than a lot of like the, the longtime residents kind of give it credit for mm-hmm. people like, like the longtime residents um, are like, you know, I don't want to say stuck in their own ways, but like this is how it's been done, and these are what we do, and this is what we drink, and this is where we go, and that doesn't change. It's been the same for decades, and even within the higher, there's a higher amount of transplants in the city than you think yeah. that are come here for all the corporate work, mm-hmm. and but and and a lot of people that just live here are open to experiment if you just show them where, mm-hmm. yeah. and so there there's like a there's Cincinnati is like more down to play than you think it is. Yeah, you, but That's you cool just have good. to get. You have to give them the option. You have to let them know that it's there, and that there's got to be a little bit of. It's okay to go there. Exactly, <laughs> and once yeah. they get there, they love it. They like right. they they just and they thrive. Right? They, 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 exactly. Or they get exposed to something new, and they're like, "I didn't know I was going to love this, and now I love this, and now I'm super into X, Y, Z, whatever subculture you want to pick." Right? Yeah. And so I also like considered to a lot of people, uh, Cincinnati's like home base. <laughs> if you th- like geographically. Like, look at it. It's four hours away from a lot of stuff. It's four hours away from Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago, Nashville, Lexington, yeah. Louisville. You know, it's like, you name it, like, cir- like in a circle, like, you can get to, up, you can get to Asheville in six hours. Uh, and it's affordable. I'm putting that in quotes right now to yes. live here. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like, it's home base. Like, a lot of people... Uh, that grew up here, they venture out to the coasts to like try out some stuff or like meet some interesting people, but then will always find themselves coming back yeah. for a little bit. Boomerang. Yeah. Just like me. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> exactly. And I think that that's pretty cool. So I like to yeah. think of it as like home base for a lot of folks that grew up here. And whereas I didn't really grow up here, I consider it like home base for me. Mm-hmm. It's three hours away from where my family is um and uh it's like a kind of interesting behavioral thing that i've noticed about um especially people in the creative world uh like you know going off auditioning like saturday night live or you know like getting to work with the crew there like uh you name it like trying an acting career out in la or you know whatever but they'll, they'll always come back for a visit and it's just like a really fun and homey celebration yeah. like when that happens too yeah the other thing that i'd add whenever i have friends from the bigger cities come and visit and like one of the things that is always like a clear takeaway for them is that even in those that live in pick your hippest edgiest sub neighborhood of whatever you know part of brooklyn or la or yeah. mm-hmm. silver lake or bedsty or whatever it might be or um and <laughs> It's they come check out and I'll speak to OTR specifically, right? They'll check out uh, OTR, the West End, Pendleton, kind of like the the walkable neighborhood yeah. down here, mm-hmm. and they're like, "This is as good as any one of the. This is like as good as any one of the cities that where we come from." Like now, granted, those cities might have eight neighborhoods to choose right. from versus right. we have one really great one. I mean, there's other great neighborhoods. Yeah, <laughs> we know yeah, what you mean. In the heart of the city. In yeah. the heart of the city, right. like, but like we have that one really, really strong core. It's like I will put our like our, our like no macro OTR against any neighborhood 
in yeah. any major city in America. Yeah. Um, and I think when they see that here, I'm like, yeah, like I've got my, I, I own my home here. I've been here for a long time. I've been able to open a business. I've been, I have my, like my corporate job. I were able to do all these things. And there's a, an ability to do more here that doesn't make it easy here, but you could, you wish wouldn't even be able to do yeah. any of what we just said in any of the coastal cities at all. And you're able to, you know, get you know eighty percent of that for way 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 less, right. and not to even call it eighty percent. That's because that's the thing that's selling it short. But yeah. you know, I think mm -hmm. like to wrap up, Brad and I have been asking everyone, how do you see the city at large like evolving yeah. in five to ten years? Because from the last five to ten years, obviously, it's been a huge development. Mm -hmm. And what do you see happening, or what do you want to see happen? I want to see more housing. Yeah. We're yeah. going to see a lot more housing. The reality is like these hockey sticks of growth. And I think Cincinnati's on a trajectory for that, but we need places for people to live. And um, affordable. And also, and affordable, affordable. right? So, like, and, and even if they're, even if what you build is not affordable, and as long as it's not like hyper luxury, well, by building that, then someone else moves into mm -hmm. that. And then, like, that opens up, it just like relieves pressure right. on, um, relieves pressure on the neighborhood because one of the challenges is that we're we're not like yeah OTR is you know it's walkable but like the city isn't right and the mm -hmm. city doesn't have the transportation that right. we need but it's almost like a chicken or the egg do you have the population density to then justify the transportation investment or do you do the transportation investment that then makes the density possible um, so I'd love to you know be more the latter than the former so that we can actually support the growth because the way that the city's currently built like it's hard enough like one we have a lot of businesses in otr mm -hmm. and you know we need more people to actually live there we're kind of yeah. still dependent on what we'll call like local tourists so if the weather's really shitty and then like the burbs aren't coming into otr that day we're like well it's kind of slow like it's yeah. not enough like there isn't enough people that live in otr proper to support the businesses that are there so i'd love to have greater density downtown yeah. more high rises um that you know the one that brings affordability down um and it also has more people which means more businesses can can like flourish which means that more new ideas come and um i think that's the trajectory of the city but we need to make sure that we don't get in the way of you know the housing development in order mm -hmm. to facilitate that yeah <clears throat> that's a that's a whole conversation in itself um for sure and if like i would like to see more business owners like try to interact with their neighbors that maybe have lived there before 2010 uh maybe they've been, they've been living there since 1980s uh and it's always been their neighborhood but they were never invited to partake in this like beautification yeah. i would like to see more business owners try to like interact uh offer these people some jobs um and, you know, that's like how I've like, ever since I've come to understand what uh, gentrification means, uh, you can really see the patterns and how uh, just unfair sometimes, how unfair it is uh, to the people that have been there for much longer uh, and the people that were so afraid to come to these neighborhoods are not anymore we're not interacting enough. We're not talking to each other enough. We're not trying hard enough um, to 
get to know one another and try to help each other. Cause like the community word, I feel like is especially like with business and bar owners, uh, I feel like that's thrown around a lot. And it's mm-hmm. like a word that means a lot to me, uh, to like us and our ethos. It's like we, you know, we do try to interact with our neighbors and like provide them a space to come and charge your phone, get a, get some water. Um, and also if you want like a watering hole to like hang out in, um, then, you know, we have inexpensive options to like hang out. Cause that's like, we want to make sure that our, our, like our well drinks our well, the spirits on our well are five bucks. Um, a lot of other places are charging a lot more than that. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it's like, I don't make those decisions, but it's fine. But like, we wanted to like have availability, uh, on our menu so that anyone can come in there and sit down and feel like they weren't breaking the bank to do so. So I would like to see it evolve like that. I don't know if it will or not, um, but we can only control what happens within our four walls mm-hmm. and we're going to continue to like promote that uh, and try to like sp- speak with that, like yeah. speak with that Promoted sort of that. like voice behind it. Affordable housing is for sure something that needs to happen. If people can't live down there, uh, there's there's well, no point. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think your like bartenders and servers they need to live too? Right? right, they need to be close to to work. If not, like yeah, because the hours be? are insane. Yeah, but, yeah. But I think to the maybe the point of the on the positive side to your question, where is Cincinnati going? I think it's the growth continues and accelerates. It's just that that comes with its own set of baggage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that was sorry to go to take that in the negative oh, direction. No, we, no, we want we want the real, but like, like the real but no, but but it's good. It's and it's it's. I think that the city is in a healthy direction that yeah. it is gaining more and more notoriety. And if you look at, um, I have a friend of mine that lives in has lived in Austin for like thirty years, and I remember actually you know going back to like 2010, 2011, before I decided to take uh, the job here. I remember like talking talking to him and he was like that was right right when Austin was first starting to yeah. like being nationally known as like a destination place to go live and it's a cool town and he's like yeah we're finally getting national notoriety but he's like this place has been this this place this has been building for 20 years yeah right and at some point it hits like a national zeitgeist and then all of a sudden like the, the hockey stick really, really comes right. into effect, and all of a sudden, housing is, or the amount of people moving in is quadrupled in a matter of five years. Yeah. For, but, and it's you know nationally seems like oh Austin came out of nowhere, but if you talk to someone that's been there, it's like this has been happening, this has been slowly percolating yeah. for twenty five years. Yeah. So, Cincinnati's on that journey. I think we're we haven't fully like exploded, but like the things are things happened. Things happen slower than you think, and then they happen all at once. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And exactly. we're right before the all at once, but we're like, you can kind of see that the the choo-choo train's gaining <laughs> momentum. Right? Yeah. Um, still going up the hill. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. still going up. We haven't quite crested it yet, but right. you can see it. You see yeah. the hill, and uh, which is, you know, for us, great for business. I think right. it's great for the city, um, but it's, I mean, but to the earlier point, housing, we need people. Yeah, brought, the, um, the thing is, is like the more dense the population, then you can share in the taxes. Right Correct. now, the population is so low in the city. I live in the city too. And Ooh, it's just like the closer you are, taxes. I mean, the property taxes, 
I, um, as a lender, I looked it up. I think we're like 10th in the entire country. Yeah. It's the highest. It's like 2.3%. Um, yeah. I, in, so my parents live in LA. Yeah. So that's where I go home for the holidays. And not even from a percentage perspective. Right. Like when I would always complain to my parents about like, oh yeah, our property taxes, property taxes. Yeah. And they'd be like, sure. Oh, 2% of 2 point whatever percent of right. X. Like then finally I was like, Show them like I paid more in absolute dollars in property tax mm -hmm. than my parents did in Los Angeles. That, wow. Yep. No, it is true. When I moved from California, they're at 1.75. My house was half as much and my taxes were more here. Yeah. And yeah. the livability, like everyone, even that's from here, they're like, oh, it's so cheap. It's so cheap. It's like in certain aspects, but yeah. we really need to rally together to continue because if you take all, if we can't sustain businesses like yours with mm -hmm. population, then we're never going to succeed. And Correct. it's all about bringing people in instead of having the suburbs just, right. you know, visit. Mm -hmm. also. A big thing is yeah. you brought up a pet peeve of mine mm -hmm. is that density has to be legalized mm -hmm. because uh -huh. right now you can't build high rises mm -hmm. in the vast majority of the city. And honestly, it's not even high rises. You can't build a two to four unit mm -hmm. uh, building for um, multiple families to live on sure. one plot of land. And that's sure. crucial mm -hmm. for, you know, having a population that can go to the, the cool restaurants and bars mm -hmm. and businesses. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's also crucial to uh, have people who are along, uh, you know, transit lines sure. so that that right. becomes viable. As well. Yes, Absolutely. that's yeah. another thing. That I would like to see the city evolve uh, like in a way that public transportation is easily accessible right. and yeah, not an inconvenience. Not like hey, I have to wake up at six in the morning so I can catch, you know, yeah. the bus the bus to catch this bus to get mm -hmm. to work. Yeah. Uh, and if you miss that one bus, then you yeah, might yeah you're fucked. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, and and sure, I would love rail everywhere, right? Yeah. Right. Like, if I you know taking the like understand like that cost is right. really high and then now especially on a hill i mean like, on a hill, but, yeah. but like you know, i mean the fact that we neutered the streetcar to not go up to the hospitals yeah. is that is still a sore yeah. spot for me but mm -hmm. um how do we actually incentivize and make it make a public transit a better opportunity so even let, why don't we start with like simple parking rides from the burbs to downtown and dedicated lane so it's actually a clear like that bus is going faster than if you drove yeah right mm -hmm. um how do we like modify things with the existing infrastructure so we got get a so get a little scrappy to kind of solve the problem because like if you get to the point of like oh we need we need transportation infrastructure yeah, it's and mm -hmm. it's and if it's subterranean subway or bus right i'm like I'll tell you that right now. We'll it's never do it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We yeah. we started to do it once. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. Or even elevated or whatever. Yeah. But even or building the streetcar up, I still think we should probably try and find a way to do that yeah. up to the hospitals. Yeah. But like, even if not the streetcar, um, like other alternative transportations. Indy's building a great rapid transit bus line right now, which is infancy. Uh, and that's a big jump for them. They've got mm -hmm. their own transit issues there. Uh, that's where I previously lived. Um, but I always call out Seattle. Mm -hmm. I mean, Seattle doesn't have a bunch of trains going everywhere. They mm -hmm. have trains, but it's predominantly buses. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. so you don't have to put rails in yep. the ground to have. Yep. Yeah, I think that's mm -hmm. a great idea. That's yeah. the only solution because mm -hmm. of, like I said, the chicken before the egg or mm -hmm. that, it's like we need money to build that so the yeah. Yeah. the bus system makes more sense, but just way more reliable. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. to wrap things up, mm -hmm. I'm 
hungry with all this food talk from earlier. <laughs> sure. And now I'm looking at your awesome sticker for spaghetti night. So it's Wednesdays? Yeah, every Wednesday we um, started doing uh, a Wednesday like wine night that we call Juice and Funk. Yes. Um, yeah, we're the majority of our wine list is uh, selected from uh, farmers that make it. Um, so it's like really, really small production and really good stuff. They're like biodynamic, uh, organic farmers. They really care about what goes into their bottle. Uh, and we're lucky to have people that select this wine, bring it to us, and we can learn about the maker. And then on Wednesdays, we open up a lot of that stuff and pour it by the glass, three-ounce pour or five-ounce pour, make it available. Um, the pricing structure might raise some eyebrows uh, for the people that know what they're drinking. They're like, this is expensive stuff, but like we want to make it available yeah. and availability is like, again, this is the example that we want to try to set uh, because we're not trying to be exclusive with our selections. We're not trying to like price anyone out. We want you to be able to have a three ounce pour of like really cool Sangiovese from right. Italy that, you know, with your spaghetti and like leave. And normally sold by the bottle. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's also a way to like train our staff, our lovely, amazing staff. You know, they, they uh, can get the opportunity to taste a lot of stuff that is not normally available to them to taste as well. It's just kind of like a bottle that they look, they can see. Um, and that's where like the training comes in. So like, over time, they've their their knowledge has increased uh, so much more, and uh, their excitement for the wine and sharing it with other people, and that's like at the ground level how you build community. In my view, yeah, I love that we're gonna put that in our calendars. I'm having spaghetti next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we usually uh, we usually always have like a vinyl DJ too. Um, so yeah, so like a DJ from nine to midnight. Uh, we, yeah, we're trying to like. Music. Do everything in the entertainment world to like make you that. make you leave feeling full. Music, wine, and noodles can't yeah. be better Speaking than that. Of staff, if I'm listening to this and I'm hearing you guys speak, I'm like getting my application ready. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm like I want to work there. Mm -hmm. you know, the service industry, um, people in the service industry deserve a ton of respect, and they don't always get it. Um, but it's cool that you guys are doing it the right way and taking care of your people and your actual community. So it's cool. Yeah. If yeah, you haven't been, that. you have to go. Lost and found. We thank you guys so much yeah, for coming thank out. You. Yeah, thank, thank you for having us. Yeah, it was such a pleasure learning about so much for listening this podcast was produced and recorded at play audio agency you can subscribe and follow underrated america cincinnati wherever you like to get your podcast if you'd like to keep in touch check us out on instagram and youtube you can find links to all of our socials and the show notes most importantly please share with anyone who would also enjoy underrated america until next time we'll see you around cincinnati lovers or haters come up and say hi we dare you, Brad? Uh, no, I mean, I don't think it was going to come up. <laughs>